So hello and welcome to ESPN Cricket for Stump Mike speaking to you after the third day's play the moving day of India versus England the first test coming to you from Chennai but today has not been really about India or or England has it it has been about Kyle Myers a debutant for the West Indies who helped them chase down a target of 395 runs in Bangladesh. Mayors was unbeaten on 210 and he hit the winning runs as well. So so it has been his day but we will talk about the West Indies we will also try and talk about India and England and how the overseas side are pretty much dominating the test. When I say we with me today after celebrating his birthday yesterday and from Instagram you get a feeling that he is still on that chocolate rush is Gaurav Sundararaman. Welcome, G Stats. Hi, thanks. Uh, good birthday to have with three matches and a BBL final, so perfect. I think you had three chocolate chocolate cakes as well, didn't you? Yes, I chose to ignore that. <laughs> and with Gaurav today is, of course, and I quote this man from yesterday's podcast. Yeah, he said, "If Ashwin and Washington Sundar are batting for India at stumps, then England would have done well." Welcome back, Matt Roller. Yeah, I think um, I, I stand by that. Twenty-four hours later, I think those those early wickets set the tone, and despite um, a pretty incredible innings from Rishabh Pant in the middle order, I think England are, are definitely happy with their day's work at, at stumps. Mm, so, so we'll get to India and England, yeah, but we're still on a mayor rush currently because just just a few minutes before recording, uh, Matt, we were watching Kyle Mayers do do to possibly the unthinkable yeah with a double century on debut in the fourth innings to take west indies to an improbable win in bangladesh and you were mentioning you've you've seen mayors in the cpl is it yeah i i actually covered a few um cpl games for cricket info last cpl and the it, mayors it's um it, it will sound extraordinary, but I think his his strike rate was pretty much double um, against the seamers compared to what it was against the spinners, and he was struggling terribly in a few games I saw. I remember there was one against um, Sandeep Lamachane and Majib playing uh, Jamaica, where you know he couldn't couldn't get bat on ball against the spinners. Um, so you know I was sort of following the following the run chase in the background, and thought you know he's done, he's done pretty well there for a guy with not much. Uh, pedigree in terms of first class cricket on debut in the fourth innings this looks like a pretty useful stand when he was uh racking them up with uh i think it was nakuma bonner and yeah it's it, it's quite an extraordinary looking scorecard um by the end of it the score 210 not out in the fourth innings is um remarkable by anyone let alone by um a sort of journeyman middle order batsman on debut um playing in a team that was um, missing a lot of players, and I suppose it's um, you know it's the latest in a in a series of uh, improbable chases that we've seen in the past few years. Um, after I suppose Stokes and uh, Kisil Pereira are the two obvious ones. Um, I think Gorav was was tweeting a, a little bit about that earlier. Um, I'm sure he can elaborate. Yeah, just like Roller um, uh, got introduced to Mayers in CPL, I was lucky to actually work and work with him when he was ap- uh, representing the Barbados Tridents in a Champions League match where I was part of that team. So I have uh, a slightly uh, longer relationship, if I can call, with Mayers. But obviously, at that point in time, he had not even made his first-class debut. And uh, he was a youngster all-rounder who used to, uh, uh, I think, People thought more about him for his bowling than his uh, batting. 
but hey he's completely turned around i did follow him in this cpl he did uh, he was like a mainstay uh, for his team he was doing pretty well uh, he had a couple of high scores uh, if i remember right so uh, and that got him into the um, west indies setup so uh thanks to other people opting out again like just what happened to india right with washi and natu making their debuts uh he got his opportunity and he has taken it with uh, both arms and it's unbelievable you know sometimes we always tend to have this india bias or recent uh, uh stats about india australia and england but both kusal mayers all these guys you know it's unbelievable fourth innings chases uh, are just it used to be so tough and now we are seeing south africa shocking shockingly having a good start as well so uh, it's just crazy i don't know whether the wickets are um, staying true till the fifth day or or just the quality of uh, batsmanship but it's amazing it's unbelievable that too like uh, matt said on debut you know how hard is that but six people have uh, done a double in the fourth innings and mayers has done it on debut So usually we get to predictions towards the end of this podcast Gaurav but considering you brought it up let's start with one maybe a fanciful one now okay we've already seen one overseas team win in the subcontinent west indies miraculously beating bangladesh tomorrow will we see south africa beat pakistan and day after will we see an innings win for england in india yeah very much possible and uh that is something which is very surprising but great for test cricket but i think south africa right now have a great chance you know it's less than what 250 runs required uh, on the last day with nine wickets is nine is exactly what you want as, as the pitch doesn't seem to have really is not spinning like crazy or is not broken up so uh, the odds of south africa winning is way higher than england winning in by an innings that much i can tell you okay but getting down to india versus england from chennai uh matt you were not bullish on day one you thought it was pretty even steven yeah deban wanted you to be more confident about england on on day two now it's day three england are well and truly ahead in the game india still trail by 321 runs they have just four wickets in hand in their first innings the target for india is basically to reach the follow on mark yeah it's 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 set up really well at this point um because it's it's actually very difficult i think to to foresee exactly what's going to happen i think England could actually have an awkward innings batting next where they don't really know what the what the sort of purpose of it is they don't know what a good score will be the pitch will be deteriorating equally they could um end up spending a hell of a long time in the field and and not being particularly fresh going into the second test um equally they could rattle through India tomorrow and you know take 14 wickets in a day um so i i think it's it's really well um poised um but i think that the the crucial thing today for england was uh taking uh, four wickets within i think 28 27 overs um because it, you look through that indian batting lineup and those th- there are guys in there the top five and si- five or six i suppose are the obvious ones where they they all have such good records at home they all have such good records against any kind of spin let alone relatively inexperienced spinners in in Bess and Leach so to to have them four wickets down early on um was was a huge huge triumph for England um and owed a lot to firstly um Jofra Archer's i thought it, it sort of superb new ball spell um because he you know he got hit for a couple of boundaries by by Shubman Gill who played pretty well i thought but the um the sort of the skill that he showed in in his first um sort of his first test in india his first red ball game in india you know he was saying in a 
in um, a press conference before the series that he'd never bowled with the, the SG ball before and was sort of having to get used to that. And there were, you know, he, I, I don't think he'd bowled in the first class match since um, since the second or third test against Pakistan in August 2020. So we're talking the best best part of six months out of the game, very little preparation time having come out of quarantine. So to deliver a spell like he did, um, sort of a, a, a classic dismissal almost a row hit where he, he banged it in back of a length, sort of ran his fingers down the side of it, a little bit of a leg cutter, um, shot off um, away off the seam and just took the edge. Perfect dismissal for a fast bowler on that sort of pitch on, on a third day. Um, and then to Gill, I think, again, it, you know, maybe it was a poor shot, but I think there was a lot of skill in that dismissal as well. Where Archer, again, sort of ran, sort of pulled his fingers down the side of the ball, um, maybe made it hold in the pitch a little more um, than he might have because Gill was through the shot a little bit early. Um, and Anderson got, got down pretty well for, a, for an old fella at, uh, at mid on to, to take that catch. Yeah, sure it was. And you mentioned Gill a couple of times. Uh, got of that wry smile on Gill's face when he got out. He knew then and there that he was playing well and he had made an error of judgment. That's how they play, right? All these young guys. I don't think it's an error of judgment. Uh, I think they've just, uh, he was like Matt said, he was looking good. And uh, I think that's how these guys play. So we don't, I, at least I'm not going to be critical of that. No, that's that's fair enough. And he was facing Jofra Archer as well. Did you, a lot of a lot of us probably did, and did you as well? I'm sure you did. Expected Archer to do to do pretty well, to be pretty dangerous on on this surface. However, dead it was over the first two days. Yeah, see, he is very similar to Bumrah, right? He Bumrah Cummins, I think, are three guys who are at the top of their game right now, and. You need that kind of pace. You need that kind of uh, lift uh, as soon as, you know, if the, when the ball pitches at a pretty, uh, I would say, good length, the ball still rises up. That is a skill which not many uh, players have and he's doing it at 140. So, that's why Bumrah, Archer, these kind of uh, players actually uh, take the pitch out of the equation, which is why they are very, very successful. And I think that this is something India have not faced. In the last tour of England as well, uh, when England came here, nobody, there was no 140 plus bowler like Archer. So, I think Archer is going to be very, very um, uh, good in these kind of conditions. This is one of the reasons why uh, England picked Archer very soon because they want this in an Ashes test, for example, in Australia. That is what is lacking. So, that's very similar uh, to what, uh, what he can do in Chennai is something he can also do in Australia. So, I think... Um, it's amazing that England have a bowler of his skill and uh, and he's delivered. You know, early wickets are so important in India. And the pitch, like you rightly said, was not having too many um, uh, uh, demons. It was not so hard, but with his pace and his carry and his length. And England used him well, giving him short spells. And yeah, we'll have to see if he can continue his because fitness and playing two tests or four tests uh, in a in a month is not that easy. So all that comes into the picture. But Archer has to be really used very, very uh, smartly and tactically uh, for the, uh, England to get the best use of him. But it's great for test cricket that somebody uh, who's playing his first test is doing so well. Mm-hmm. Archer, of course, took the wickets of both Rohit Sharma and Shubman Gill. It was Dom Bess who took the next four, Pujara, Kohli, Rahane and Pant. Not in that order, of course. It was Kohli who fell first, as Matt Roller mentioned. Matt, I'm going to direct you to a quote of Dominic Bess before the test match started. He said, I will go loony if I take Virat Kohli's wicket. I don't think we got to see that, did we? 
Yeah, he was actually quite restrained. Um, he, he sort of he, he did let out a little bit of a roar, and and the same after Rohane's um wicket after after Root took a brilliant catch at um sort of short cover diving down to his left. Um, but no, I thought I thought Best was was really impressive in his first spell, especially um just in terms of the consistency that he had that he he'd lacked so much in Sri Lanka, where I think we sort of saw him slip back into those bad habits later in the day, where there were probably too many back of a length balls, too many full tosses, and he sort of couldn't really get any, he couldn't keep a batsman on strike, for example. But in the first spell to, to Pajara and Kohli, he was actually tying them down for three, four balls, um, you know, just keep, keeping keeping things very simple, really, finding that off-stump channel, finding a good length. Um, and, and you know, the ball he bowled to Kohli, it, it wasn't, I think he said in, in his post-match interview, he wasn't sort of looking for the magic ball necessarily, but he just pitched it a little bit wider outside off-stump. Um, it, it turned pretty sharply. There was a little bit of extra bounce, um, took the shoulder of the bat via the inside edge and uh, Pope took the catch at short leg. So if, you, if you're an off-spinner bowling to a right-hander, that's the perfect dismissal. Um, and then with Rahane, obviously, you know, probably not the best ball he bowled all day, but um, for now, at least, he seems to sort of have this this happy knack of being able to take wickets um, despite, not necess- despite them not necessarily always coming off his best balls where he over-pitched slightly, Rahane ran down the pitch and uh, and chipped it to, into Root's left hand as he as he dived to his left. So, um, yeah, at that point, seventy three for four um, with India just over five hundred behind uh, on first innings. It, it, it I, I think that was pretty much a dream start. And and then came Rishabh Pant. Yeah, <laughs> which it, I I think um, it'll be interesting to hear you guys take on it. But I thought it was a a, a brilliant innings, but also. Um, a, a clever innings, a calculated innings in the way that it, it you know, it might not. I think this is the, the classic thing with Pant. He seems to divide opinion between people who think he's a, you know, a, a, a brilliant maverick and a brainless slogger. Um, but I thought it was, I thought it was exactly the right thing to do in that position because basically the reason he attacked was because Leach was bowling um, left arm spin into the footmarks outside his off stump and just finding a length wide of the off stump. The first ball that he faced from Leach, you'll remember sort of, he sort of awkwardly inside edged it, trying to play defensively. There's men round the bat. It's he's landing it in the footmarks. It's bouncing, it's zipping, it's spitting, it's doing all sorts off the surface. So he basically decided to, to take that out of the game by skipping down the pitch and attacking him and planting him for sixes. And of course, it you know it is a different quite it, it is a different um, verdict that we might offer if he had been caught at deep mid wicket or caught a deep long on, um, in that circumstance. But I th- I think it was a risk worth taking because it, you know it, it's not like he's someone who has an amazing defensive technique and could have batted out for 140 balls or something like that before he started um started felt really set and started taking things on he's a sort of guy that can hit boundaries straight away knows he can backed his own ability and saw leach as the guy that he could take down hit out of the attack and then cope with everyone else which is what he did because until that big shot that he played off off best on 91 i don't think he he sort of hardly attacked best he'd hit him for a couple of fours off bad balls but it's not like he was sort of ultra aggressive ultra positive against him um so yeah, I thought it was a really, you know, calculated, clever takedown um because he saw Leach as someone who could get him out um thanks to that rough outside off stump and decided to take that out the game. Um and you know, people will still criticize Pant because people don't like the idea of 
test batsman getting out, playing big shots and looking to hit sixes. But at the end of the day, he's top scored. And we saw, I suppose, that, you know, the captain and vice captain made 12 runs between them playing defensively. So, um, yeah, I thought it was a fantastic innings. See, I'm a mark for Rishabh Pantia, so I'm not going to say a word against him. And I'll let Gaurav give you a more detailed analysis of his innings. But I'll tell you something. You know what he's doing, right, Rishabh Pant? He is changing a lot of people's opinions about him. But he's giving the naysayers just a little bit. Like, he's not reaching that century. This has been three innings in a row now. Although one in the middle, India did win that test match. But he is giving you that little bit so that if you have something against Rishabh Pant, yes, you do have something that you can pet your horse on. This is actually the third innings at home also, Karthik, where he's got three uh, 90s now. So, this is his lowest score, I think, uh, at home or something like that. So, uh, it is like... Uh, like Matt spot on. I think he played a superb innings. He picked the right bowlers. This is like not bowling left arm spin to Chris Gale in T20 match. I think that's what more in the future. That's what's going to happen. People are not going to bowl left arm spin to uh, Shapan. That's that might be the kind of. Um... But 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 don't you think Gaurav? There there were a couple of cases where the ball just cleared. I think Archer it was at the fence, right? So maybe that's a risk worth taking, especially if you have five five seventy five eighty on the board. Yeah, but uh, the thing is nowadays with T20 and the fact that people back uh, to clear, even though uh, if fielders are there at the boundary, you know, they're not worried about that. That used to be a big problem in uh, older times, not anymore. I think they don't really care. The ball is to be hit, they back themselves and they hit. And sometimes, yes, you are going to get out. And I think today, like Matt said, in, in, if he had played defensively, maybe they would have been like 180 all out or something, right? You know, uh, you and... I think he got the runs, he got the momentum. Uh, he he made sure that uh, England had to keep uh, swapping and changing. Yes, you can argue just for the heck of it that he should have gone on to score 150, whatever. But uh, I think India have found a gem uh, in such a it's such a sh- short span of time. He's played so many impactful knocks, uh, and he's just for 23, right? So I think uh, it's amazing and. Just look, we're comparing him with Vidiman Saha, right? So now now suddenly people are all, I see Twitter full of saying uh, uh, quotes with Pant should play as a batsman and Saha should play as a keeper. I don't think so. I think Pant's there. I think your yeah, Saha is not going to play these kind of knocks. He's going to play the rear guard knocks sometimes when you're 80 for 5. If you want to take your score to 220, 230, Saha is the man for you. Uh, which Pant can also do technically in maybe lesser time. So uh, I think... I have nothing to criticize against Rishabh Pant. He's really good and he's at the top of his game and he plays plays very smart. It's not like my mindless hitting. I think like Matt said, he picked his bowlers, he picked his balls and he did a great job. When uh, Pant and Pujara were batting, Pant, of course, is box office, Matt. You knew that he was going to get a certain score after he started hitting those sixes. With Cheteshwar Pujara, though, I would have, I don't know, I would have wagered a lot that he would have got at least a century today. His dismissal was just so unlucky. Yeah, 100%. I think Pujara was actually, um, was benefiting a lot from Pansinis as well. Um, You know, we often talk about it the other way around. So I think you saw a lot of the time in Australia how um, Pujara, by putting miles in bowler's legs and by wearing the attack down, sort of created those opportunities for people in the lower order um, to score more runs but this time I think maybe it was even switched because the fact that Pant was so aggressive against Leach I thought threw Leach off his plans to Pajara and he was bowling a, a you know Leach across his test career averages almost half against right-handers what he does against left-handers I think it's something like 25 against right-handers and 50 against left-handers 
Um, but he, he really didn't have much of a plan against Pajaro because he was almost so rattled by the fact that Pant was was taking him down. He was dropping short. He was bowling a little bit too straight, I thought. Um, and I think I think Pajaro was sort of really benefiting from the fact that that Pant was putting as much pressure as he was on England spinners. Um, and yeah, it was it was such a a freak dismissal. Um, I think it was, again. This I don't know whether Bess is going to be one of these guys where his luck is going to run out spectacularly in two test time, or whether he just um, has some fortunate knack where bad balls seem to to pick up wickets for him. But he bowled one, you know, halfway down the pitch. Pajaro will pull that for four ninety nine times out of a hundred, um, and this was the one time that it happened to hit uh, Ollie Pope on the back as he ducked it short leg and looped up. It was sort of I think it was off the 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 first P in his surname on the back of his shirt, sort of that part of the back. Um, and just, yeah, looped up the short mid wicket, a completely freak dismissal. Um, but again, I suppose England will probably feel as though um, they, they bowled well enough to merit a little bit of luck. If that um, it makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, some of England's bowlers bowled well enough. Gaurav, before you joined us on this podcast, Matt and I were having a chat just before we came on air and uh, we were talking about uh, Jack Leach's performance today. Matt was of the opinion that Leach didn't bowl as badly, but I was like in the cold, cold heart light of day when you see his figures. He's gone for almost six runs per over. He's bowled 17 overs during the course of the day. It is not a good look for Leach. Yeah, but see, in India, we tend to judge based on the rough and how bad the pitch is and how... Uh, much the bowlers make use of the conditions, right? So that's what you expect now going into the fifth day, you will expect Leach to kind of bowl uh, out India uh, or play like, uh, bowl like Monty Panesar or someone Swan, what they did in 2012. So you have benchmarks, you have ways to judge, but I think today um, he was okay. He was good, but I think he still could have made use of uh, uh, the conditions. He could have had more attacking fields. I don't with the kind of runs they had, I was surprised that they had so many fielders in the boundary so early on. Maybe it was a plan. Maybe they want to tempt him. They, they know that Rishabh Pant is not the kind of player who look for singles and stuff. And maybe I'm sure they had some kind of a plan. But uh, I think he was okay. I wouldn't like uh, be, again, critical. But I don't think he was really uh, uh, outstanding in any way. Yeah, the, the fielders in the deep is kind of a, a point that's been raised quite a bit in the past um sort of nine months I suppose under Root's captaincy um, for the spinners because he he almost always starts with either a deep point or a deep cover or one man either side of the wicket out for the spinners um, and I, I, I was speaking to um, Graham Swan in the build-up to this series who was saying you know you should never have a deep cover or a deep point in it as a spinner the only situation is if the opposition are 500 runs ahead and it's damage limitation um, but I actually in a way I think um it, it worked to a certain extent today when when Bess was bowling to Kohli because I thought um, while Kohli wasn't sort of necessarily playing towards point, um, which was where the man was out, I think he was trying to thread quite an easy single and was looking to take that option on um, and was, yeah, just tr- just trying to hit it past the man at cover and take one to the guy in the deep um, rather than hit a boundary, just, just, just milk it around. Um, and I think Bess has spoken about it himself and said he actually sees it as a bit of an attacking option because if someone wants to either open the face more to try and run it down to third man or take that single out there, um, then it brings slip, uh, short leg and the keeper into the game when they open the face. So I I don't know whether that paid off necessarily today, but um, yeah, it's an interesting one. And I think equally, Bess ends up with 
it, I think his economy rate was below two and a half in the end, which it, it definitely wouldn't have been if he didn't have a lot more protection. Um, so maybe it's just the fact that as a young spinner, he 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 does feel as though he needs um, he knows that he bowls some bad balls and um, it, it it's a lot better for his confidence if his bad balls go for one than for four. All right, then let's look ahead to tomorrow, day four of the test at Chepok. Matt, we'll start with you. India are still 121 away from the follow-on mark. They have, like you so predicted so well yesterday, they have Ashwin and Sundar at the crease. The new ball is due in, in a few overs. So what's going to happen tomorrow? Can it, Will India be made to follow on or will that be just too much of a load on England and their bowlers? I find it really, really difficult to predict what's going to happen tomorrow. Um, I know that's not necessarily a great answer. Um, I, I think I'd like to say that England will make use of that new ball and India will fall short of the follow-on target. So, but... so, so if you can't make a prediction, right, Matt, remember what Gaurav did on the first day. He just said, this is what I'd like to see happen. <laughs> yeah, well... It, <laughs> Well, I think the, the the most interesting question is what will happen if India falls short of the follower mark and whether England decide they're going to have a sort of a little dip and try and get 150 quickly or, um, you know, what sort of target they think might might um, actually be enough because they'll be wary of, of India chasing in the fourth innings. I'll say what I'd like to happen is India to just miss out on uh, it's so to, to fall just short of the follow on target so that England have a really interesting decision to make. Um, and then also have the, the question of sort of what the tempo should be during that third innings, um, because I think that could definitely open the game up and create quite an interesting fourth innings run chase. Um, so I think I'd like uh, I'd like England to bat next, put it that way. Gaurav, we were discussing yesterday, and we maybe gave a 10 or a 20% chance that India may, may have still been in the game for victory yeah we had a few examples from from previously where where this has happened uh, to to england before where they've scored 500 and and they've lost is it now safe to say that india cannot win this test match funny things have happened but yes i think it's going to be very hard uh, i england need to get these uh, four wickets very quickly because i i'm pretty sure they'll come back and bat i don't see them enforcing any follow on i think uh, they would like to just make sure they bat maybe a session 30 overs, ask uh, this guys like Stokes Butler to just uh, uh, hit and maybe give India about in excess of 400 uh, to chase and uh, then go all out attack over the four sessions or four and a half sessions. That's what I think England will end up doing because, you know, enforcing the follow on is asking your bowlers to bowl consecutively for three days and that's not very easy in these conditions. Yes, they might have plans of resting um, uh, Anderson and uh, uh, Bess maybe for Ali and Broad uh, for the next test. If that's the case, then maybe they might say, okay, go all out, but it's very harsh on guys like Leach, Archer, and stuff. So I, I think they would want to give them a small break and uh, come back. So that's the ideal thing for England and for this. Uh, that's how the match should pan out. But the way 2021 is panning out, don't be surprised if Ashwin and Washington Sundar add 200 at, for the for in the first two sessions. <laughs> oh, that, that that would be something, wouldn't it? Anyway, though, the answer to your predictions will be delivered tomorrow. Matt G. Stats, thank you so much for joining us today. Remember, India versus England third day is a done from Chennai. But the story of today is Kyle Mayer's. All the information that you need about him, including some video interviews and Carlos Brathwaite talking about him, is there on the website. So go do go check them out. This is Karthik signing off from ESPN Cricket Post Stump Mike. Talk to you tomorrow.